Welcome to another MyTunes podcast right here at manxradio.com. Mark Tiley, the nation's station, Manx Radio. This week, my MyTunes guest, her voice, will be very familiar to you if you are a regular listener to Manx Radio, or have been over the years, because we're talking about a return, a a glorious return after a bit of a sabbatical for Kim Quine. Hello, Hello. Kim. Hi, Mark. It's nice to be back. How many babies? Um, Just one this time, but two in total. Two in total, just one this time. Yes, two and done. Sure? Very, very, very sure, yes. There was a very bad Bond movie called Never Say Never Again, I'm just saying. No. (laughs) Simon, uh, she said it like that. No. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. Listen, thanks for coming back in. Oh, it's lovely. We were just saying it's been a long time. Four years since you did something with me on the Greatest Hits show where we used to have to choose tracks from an album. But here in my tunes, of course, you can go anywhere you like. One thing we did talk about, but maybe not enough about, was you in the music industry back in, was it Chiswick as well and UK? Yeah, just refresh my memory about your, your history. So, back um, when, just after I finished university, first job out of there, fresh-faced, was um, at a recording studio called Metropolis in Chiswick. Yeah, I was the studio events coordinator, so I helped the studio bookings and also ran events in the studios, so we did all kinds of things. We did live to vinyl recordings with an audience. We um, had um, some 80s legends in, Belinda Carlisle and the likes, um, just in the studio. So only 100, 80 to 100 guests, really intimate, all recorded at the same time, all live to vinyl. Um, We also did things like Ed Sheeran's first album launch. And during the Olympics in 2012, we um, won the contract to do some of Coca-Cola's corporate hospitality. So we did them a studio experience going around doing recording, mastering, um, seeing the vinyl being cut. And then they took their vinyl home with them and they could download their recordings at the end of it of the kind of official Coca-Cola Olympic song. Brilliant. But that wasn't where you met your also incredibly music-driven husband, Simon. Well, you didn't meet him there, did you? No, it was before that. Ah. It was at university. We were on the same course, as it turned out. So Simon had actually um, taken a year out um, after school. Um, He had turned down a different university, um, just deciding what he wanted to do while he worked here for a year. And then he decided to change what he wanted to do and went to um, the University of Hertfordshire where we turned up on the same course. So um, about two weeks in, I'd I'd seen him in lectures and things, but about two weeks in we decided a group of us to get together. We had our first exam coming up, had no idea what we were doing. So we thought, right, we'll get together, we'll do a bit of studying and then go for a few drinks. And um, so we said, right, we'll do it in our kitchen. So Everyone comes along and I open the door and there's this boy in his Converse and his leather jacket with his, if you remember, Simon used to have the kind of floppy Beatles-esque hairdo going on. I do, because I was here when he he left to go to meet you, as it happened. I was working with him here. Well, he was doing all sorts of stuff with us. Yeah, so... um, we met then and, and yeah, by we were just 19. And, yeah, by Christmas, just before Christmas, we got together and the rest is history. Here we are 14 years later, married for 10 years next year. That's crazy. It that is. is absolutely crazy. Now, 
the first piece of music has something to do with the pair of you. So talk me into it. Yes, so at that same day, it was the first time that we'd really, we'd, we'd seen each other on a night out or in lectures, but not really to speak to each other. So we did our studying. We went out, we were about to go out for a few drinks. So we had a couple of pre-drinks, as you do at university, when you're young and can hold your drink. So we went to somebody else's flat, having a couple of drinks, and Simon takes over the music, as he still does now. That hasn't changed. And he put on this song, and I turned to him and I said, I didn't know anyone else had heard of Little Man Tate. And we had our whole conversation about this song. And that was our first conversation that started everything. Tracks cars gonna get his hair cut. He's going out tonight. Scrolls friend says, Listen, but keep your mouth shut. Heard he's coming out tonight. She goes to the same old bar every Saturday night. She puts on the same old tune, she takes out a cigarette and asks him for a lie. Song on the jukebox, a hit from '99. She says to her mate, "Let's wait ten minutes. I don't wanna be back on time." He goes to the same old bar every Saturday night. He puts on the same old tune. She takes out a cigarette and asks him for a lie. Tell him what she means when she said I like your jeans. She really meant that he's so sexy, and she doesn't even know he went on the radio to tell the world that she's so lonely. She's so lonely, and this should be the best. 
this week. My guest is Kim Quine here on MyTunes. And we worked out yesterday, Kim, it's probably four years since we've been together in a studio when I was doing Greatest Hits and people had to choose tracks from an album. It's his four years, you know. It's crazy. I It feels like yesterday, and yet, obviously, the yeah. last few years, so much has happened. It's, it's really strange. Very, very odd. So, back on the radio with yeah. the man. With him, yes, keeping him in check. Yeah. Saturday mornings. Saturday mornings, half past ten. Saturday social. Marvellous. Saturday social. We'll get plenty of plugs in for that. We'll get plenty of them in. I don't think I've ever asked you this. Was it Simon that brought you to the Isle of Man for the first time, or had you been before? I had never been to the Isle of Man. I'm not even sure I had heard of it before I met Simon. In fact, at university, there was a bit of a joke in our group of friends that it didn't really exist. Good so, um, around we we met in the October. We were together by Christmas, so it was around February he brought me to the island for the first time, and I confirmed to everyone it did exist. I took photos to prove it, and yeah, it was lovely. But Simon was always no, I'm not going back. Not till I'm older. I'm not going back. He just had this one thing that he would come back for and we always knew that there was there was one job which happened to used to be yours mark um <laughs> that he would come come back for so when that came up he, he had a little go that that didn't happen which is fine but he you know he got chatting and, and applied for something else and and it was just too good an opportunity we had our first child at that point was um a couple of months old when he was offered the job we moved over when he was six months old the following february and it just seemed like a good time. I was obviously not working at the time anyway. We were ready for a bit of a change. And um, although we loved where we were living, we, we'd moved to Sheffield by this point. And we loved it there. And it's probably the place, if we were ever to move back, that we would go back to. We've got some amazing friends there who still come over and see us. And we go there. And But moving here with children, I think it's just a fabulous place to bring them up. It's so safe. It's just beautiful. You can just, especially on a nice day, just go anywhere and there's so much to do. Well, the weather we've been having recently has just been perfect. It helps. Do you think having children in that situation, being new to the Isle of Man, helped you integrate? I, In some ways, yes, in that you've got an excuse to go and meet people who have other children about the same age. So you've automatically got a little thing that you can kind of start talking to people. I actually found it was difficult in other ways because I when we had our youngest I hadn't got any other friends who had babies at the time so I had other friends who had older children some friends who didn't have children but I didn't know anyone else with young children and babies at that time but then when he was six weeks old we found out that we were going to be moving here so I never bothered starting to go to the baby groups and and meeting people there because we were moving there was really no point so we got here when he was six months old and I, I started trying to go to things and I actually found after about four or five months I was getting really anxious I got found myself one day walking down a street in Peel and someone else was coming the other way and I thought oh no I can't I need to go a different way I thought um this isn't quite right Mm. so anyway went to fabulous GP who just a bit of kind of social anxiety so one day I thought right I need to get myself out of this I've got a great opportunity here and there were many people who were really, really welcoming when we moved over. A lot of the Manx radio staff being those yourself, Alex, and Beth Espy was one of them. And I just thought, when I was younger, I used to really like being involved in amateur dramatics. I know Beth does all of that and it's amazing over here. So why don't I just send her a message? So I got my courage up and just sent her a message before I could think about it. When when there's next something appropriate, would could I just kind of come along and, and help out or something? She was like, 
we're just rehearsing for Dad's Army. Why don't you come tomorrow? I was like, oh, oh, OK. And there we go. Brilliant. We're going to talk an awful lot more about the service players and your role in it because, dear boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, I do have with me in the studio the vice chairperson, vice chair of the service players, because that's Kim. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Let's have your second musical choice. The second one. So um, going back, I thought it'd be nice because the privilege of working on radio is that people invite you into their homes, into their cars. And it's nice for them. I find when I'm at home, I put the radio on when I'm alone because you suddenly don't feel alone anymore. Someone else is talking to you. You feel involved in it, hopefully. And I think it's nice to get to know people a little bit, which is why I told you a bit of our background yesterday. So I thought this one is um, a Frank Turner song and they recorded the backing to the chorus in um, Reading Festival and we were there so technically we performed on this song that performed in the <laughs> loosest sense of the term but um, Frank Turner's a, a guy that we've been to see many many times Simon and I big fans of so yeah we thought he actually sent us a message wishing us good luck for our wedding which was very nice oh superb well let's have it then we'll, we'll listen out for you both here he is Frank Turner and I still believe hey yeah hey
something so simple, something so small. Who'd have thought? After all, let's rock and roll. I wonder if having a similar sort of approach to music and maybe a similar sort of record collection, CD, tape, whatever it was, when you met Simon, sort of bound you together and made this radio partnership almost inevitable, that you would end up doing something together. What do you say, Kim Quine? Quite possibly. Um, I remember coming up, before we moved here, I'd come up to Manx Radio and Simon used to come back for TT, Manx Grand Prix Christmas, and and do a bit of work on Manx Radio. And um, I remember in the corridor just behind us, lovely Judith Lay saying, she's got a very nice voice, she'd be wonderful on radio. And I was like, oh no, no, I couldn't possibly do that. And here we are. Yeah, well, you see, because I think when you've got that keen mind and an interest in music... You must have that sort of connection. And it does rub off. I can hear it on air. Yeah, and I think we have very similar tastes in some ways. And then there's certain things that Simon thinks are absolutely awful that I listen to. So I like to put them on on his Spotify to wind him up because then it skews all of his like discovery playlists and things that it comes up with. So he gets really, you know, he's really pleased that I do that. Well, it certainly works. And I think that's another thing. When you start talking to people about music... You bounce off each other and you remember different things and you suggest to other people what you like and they suggest something back to you and it just grows, doesn't it? Yeah, I think music is something that really brings people together. Whether you actually like the same things or not, music is just a wonderful medium that you, whatever mood you're in, however you're feeling at the time, whatever's going on in your life, there is a song that will either reflect that or uplift you. I just think it's an absolutely wonderful Thing. And you know, some people are into their music, some people are into their movies. We're not massive movie people, to be honest. We we will watch films, but it's not really our thing. But we'll sit in an evening sometimes and just have random music playing and just see what we find. Now, obviously, you're a busy family couple. Uh, the new one, the new one, the remix has landed <laughs> and is doing very nicely, thank you. Yes, almost 10 months old now ten already. Months, 10 months, gosh. And your little lad loved it a bit. Yeah, is yeah, absolutely adores adores her. He's yeah. he's he, all we hear is, I love her the most in the house. Oh, that is so cute. But the point I'm making is, do you still have time to watch anything on telly? Only apart really... from Postman Pat. Well, yeah. <laughs> in the evenings, we we tend to try and have an hour or so once they've gone to bed and just have a bit of a relax. But the reason I ask is because uh, ages ago, I think it might have been lockdown. Uh, started watching Stranger Things. Oh, yes. Yeah? And uh, in the last series, this Kate Bush phenomenon happened, that the girl had the headset the Sony Walkman with running up that hill, and it became her protection song. And it completely brought Kate Bush to a new audience. It's strange how that happens, isn't it? I I can't think what song it was now, but um, there was some... Maybe Paul McCartney or somebody of that ilk who went on to some current person's track and online it just went completely crazy with oh isn't it nice how so and so has invited this old chap and and let him join in it's like oh dear oh dear but those connections are quite remarkable that things can just pop up and mean an awful lot to a whole new audience 
I want to talk about this next piece of music now. And um, we have double checked it because there was something in it that shouldn't have been in it. And you danced to it and you edited it out yes. for your dancing. Tell me more. This playlist for this week is actually very similar to a thing we did at our wedding. So um, we had a little section because we, we were working in the music industry. We actually had our own company just after our wedding doing uh, music promotion and things in Sheffield. So we thought that as part of our wedding reception, we put together a little section of about eight or nine songs that we told the story of so we started with hello miss lovely and we just went through it with songs that meant something to us so this was actually our first dance at our wedding which the lovely chris williams actually came and dj'd for us i which remember was very him nice. coming, yes he did so yes this was our first dance and yes some some of these other tracks that i have this week did actually appear as well so that's and this yes. is Easy world till the day. And the churches won't stretch up through tarmac flyovers. The city don't smell like they said in the brochure. But I'd gladly put up with this Till the day that I die Well, we've had our problems But hey, hasn't everyone As soon as they're gone We'll just drag
We've come to the final day of my tunes this week with Kim Quine. Kim and Simon host a wonderful experience, a musical voyage with competitions and loveliness on a Saturday morning. Why, thanks, Mark. Talking well, it up a little bit well, I've there. I've got to. Got to get the push out there. She's back, everybody. She's back. Uh, away, having another lovely baby. Two, that's it. Now we've stopped? We've stopped. Okay, just checking. Two is plenty. You can divide and conquer with two. Okay. Once you have more, they outnumber you. It's okay. too stressful. Fair enough, fair enough. You quite openly mentioned confidence building, uh, maybe yesterday or the day before, and getting stuck into drama. Was the amateur dramatics important for you rebuilding your confidence? Absolutely. I've always, even as a child, struggled a little bit with with self-confidence. So, for instance, if we went out to a restaurant or something when I was about eight, nine years old, probably, I wouldn't walk across the room to go to the toilet by myself because people might be looking at me. But I'd be on stage doing dance shows and drama and everything. And one day my mum said, why you do all these things on stage with hundreds and hundreds of people looking at you? Why can't you walk across that room? I was like, but when I'm on the stage, they're supposed to be looking at me. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's really, I've yeah, it's, that's kind of always been a thing if I'm supposed to be performing in some way then I can do it but walking down the street and someone stares at me I think oh what's wrong what have I got on me well not only are you a wonderful actress and have been in so many things since we last uh, performed together and since we first talked but you're now vice chair of the service players so busy involved it with the whole thing yes and this year has been particularly busy um so far but yes it's it's nice to be involved you don't realize until you start being involved in committee level and just generally backstage quite what goes into putting a show on when you go and see it and these people just appear and do wonderful things actually the people backstage are the ones running around making it all happen and um, that's not even us particularly committee level we're making the decisions of, of what's going to happen but actually the backstage crew are incredible and do not get enough credit for what they do well, you've just finished Dick Parton, uh, for which you were assistant director. Yes. And presumably just one sort of take a quick breath and then move on to the next. Yes, especially this year because we were supposed to do Dick Parton in June um, and the, the, the dreaded COVID yeah. got involved, which was um, unfortunate. But luckily the villa had new dates a couple of weeks later, so we managed to push it all. And so finally it happened, which was a huge relief because that was something very very new for us the service players have never had to postpone a show so it actually we almost for a lot of the organizational point of view we had to do it all twice we had to do it undo it and then reorganize it again which was trying to remember what you organized the first time and if you've done it again is surprisingly difficult because it was pulled just at the last moment wasn't it with uh, yeah. main main leading characters both getting covid and, and it just couldn't happen no no and which was really, really unfortunate, but it's it's life at the moment, isn't it? Um, and you know, it's not just that. That's it. Obviously, people are as well for the audience still worried about COVID. There are, you know, however you feel, but some people are still worried about going to indoor events. And I know that um, we're not the only society struggling a little bit to pull people in now. We, I'd say, we looked at about a third of the tickets that we would normally be pre-COVID for something like that. But speaking to other people. All the societies are facing the same struggles and we were thinking about it and people are still concerned about um, going out. And, you know, the service players, traditionally our audience is on the whole on the slightly older side. Yeah, we're not the 
musicals like Annie, etc., who are pulling the children in particularly. So that plays a part. But also, I think at the moment, the cost of living rising, everything going up. If you're worried about paying your bills, feeding your children, clothing them for school, the first thing that is going to go is going to the theatre because it's a real luxury and we're there and hopefully you know the people who came really enjoyed it hopefully over the next year or two things will settle down a little bit more and people will be able to come back and when they can then the service players will be there so it's a big year as well isn't it it's a celebratory anniversary year yes we recently had our 80th anniversary dinner evening which was absolutely fabulous a lot of work went into that by our secretary lisa smith who unfortunately wasn't able to make it which was a real Real, real shame. We were absolutely gutted for her. Um, but she put so much work into it. It was an absolutely fabulous evening. I think everyone who went did enjoy it. I went. It was brilliant. There we are. <laughs> I cannot say any more than that. It was brilliant. Thank you. So, um, yeah, we wanted to do something a little bit special this year, being the 80th year. It's you know quite an achievement, really. So, yeah, we've done Dick Barton, and there will be announcements soon about what's coming for our November gaiety dates. So do keep a lookout for that. Certainly will. And thank you for coming back. Four years is just ridiculous. Here's to the Saturday Adventure in Life and Sound. We we try and keep it light and entertaining. Oh, yeah. You know, we don't really plan it. So anything could happen, really. And will. And will. Quite possibly. And Simon and you have a great time. And lovely to have that complete family now. Yes. Sure? Very, very sure, Mark. Okay. Okay. Final track of the week, then. (laughs) Final track is, again, going back to bands and artists who mean something to us, he's actually become, especially when we were living across, a friend of ours who was here on Saturday. He actually, probably about 20 years ago, I'd guess, he came over and worked at Summerland. From He's from Liverpool, came and worked at Summerland for a summer, had a fabulous time, but then hadn't been back. Um, for various reasons and he made his return finally after many many years to the island on Saturday to play here and it is Ian Prowse and just one of my favourite of his songs I think the chorus is really catchy it's Hey Hillary One, two, three. smile to me is a carnival that celebrates love and despair Hey Hillary I meant to tell you when I'm with you I could see strange shapes in the air Just hurting deep inside She's got it all going on here tonight Well, I got Kiss on your cheek 
As a little girl from the spirit world tells you he's there. Hey Hillary, well I read your message. I'll probably never see you again. Dublin town's alright. It's just hurting deep inside. It's got it all going on here tonight. Well, I got all this searching through me, and you know that I'm on fire. Well, I left my home and family. Hey, hey, Hillary. Hey, 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 Thank you, Kim. Kim Quine, that was on my tunes. I can't believe it's four years since we had a chat on Greatest Hits. Ridiculous. And don't forget, check out Simon and Kim's show Saturday mornings, 10.30. I'm Mark Tiley. Hope you can join me for more Mark Tiley in the morning shows, Monday to Friday, 9.30 to 12, on Manx Radio.